support. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your prayers. God bless you. National Collection Week is the third week in November. Log on to SamaritansFirst.org slash OCC to get involved. That's SamaritansFirst.org slash OCC. Broadcasting the timeless Word of God in truth and in worship. 24 hours a day on The Way. 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic Word as signs of the times. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome in to Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, November 6th, 2020. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, our senior pastor here at Calvary Knoxville, I'm your host, Greg Hilt. Thanks for staying with us for the next hour as we dive into episode number 148. For those of you that might be listening to this later on a podcast through Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. Our uh, country clearly uh, in a divided state, uh, but this is nothing new for America, Pastor Mark, because on this day, many, many, many years ago, with a deeply divided Democratic Party, Abraham Lincoln was elected the 16th president of the United States, becoming the first Republican to win the presidency in 1860. It's amazing. Suffice it to say, the ideologies of these parties have definitely changed and morphed uh, over the years, uh, but not to the place that they're at uh, today. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, the the Republican Party is historically the party of 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 um, equality and uh, and and really was pivotal in uh, setting the the, uh, black community free of slavery in America and all that. That was the Republican Party that did that, but the, the, a lot of people today don't know that. A lot of people think that was the Democrats. No, the Democrats were the ones that were fighting against that. They were wanting to keep slavery going. Yes. Uh, but again, the Republican Party is the one that gave them their freedom, broke them free, and of course it, uh, defeated uh, those that fought against that in the Civil War and, and hard-fought battle to get that freedom. And again, it's, it, you're, the parties have really reversed in their mindset yeah. in many ways, well, as far when, as what people see, I mean. Yeah, well, when you talk about a hard-fought battle, I mean, we literally physically went to war as a country yeah. within our country over that issue. Yeah, we and did. I don't think slavery was the only issue that the Civil War uh, was in, in that, you know, was right. the, that was the part of it. I think that was the main driver, but, but yeah, there were the, other but, issues. But there were other issues, but that yeah. was that was the main driver. So, um, well, all we can say is hopefully history will not repeat itself as far as a Civil War goes. Yeah. Uh, but clearly um, the times that we live in are prophetically perilous yeah is uh as the bible tells us yeah they really are they They really really are interesting days we live in yes you've got mail pastor mark we've got a couple of questions uh this week so need you to fire up your bible yes and uh uh, mark your place in ezekiel 38 and mark your place in acts chapter 2 as we get to our first question from alan uh, and both of these folks uh, reached out to us, I think, through our uh, website at thesigns.org, but you can also uh, send us your prophecy question via Twitter or Facebook as well. Uh, this first one from Alan uh, regarding modern-day prophets. Uh, Alan references Acts 2.17. Can you read that for us, Pastor Mark? Yes, I can. As a matter of fact, I thought you were going to read it. It's right here. It says, no, this it shall come that. to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men dream shall dream dreams. So Alan, in reference to that, Pastor Mark, is asking about a guy by the name of Jeremiah Johnson. Yes. And he says, Jeremiah Johnson says he has dreams and visions from God. 
His prophetic statement in January said Donald Trump would be our president again in 2020. He also prophesied that he would win in 2016. Are we seeing Acts 2.17 playing out? Well, I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so we, we need to dive deep into this because there needs to be an explanation of what this verse is actually uh, right. referring to. Right. And then we can talk about prophets in general. Yeah, you got, two different, you got more <laughs> yeah. than one subject yes. going on here is the, is the thing. You can't really wrap these two together, um, Alan. It's a great question. But first of all, let's address the issue of the Acts 2.7 playing out. Acts two seven really has is it two seventeen no two seventeen I'm sorry Acts two seventeen has been playing out really since the cross you know a lot of people don't understand that in God's terminology the last days began at the cross that's considered the last days the earth being coming up on six thousand years old now you have four thousand years since Adam and Eve in the garden the last two thousand years are considered the last days because two thirds are over there's there's one third left. Um, and then when you really get into the very, very end, the Bible switches its terminology and refers to the latter days. So you have the word latter, meaning, I mean, we're right here at the, the end cusp. of the last days. Yes. yes. I, and I believe, I believe today we are in the latter days, but we have literally been in the last days, technically in biblical terminology for almost 2000 years since the cross. That's when it began. And so when you go back and see what, what Peter was doing there and that, that prophecy that comes out of Joel that he was talking about. He was just simply saying, this is what's going to be happening from this point on. And indeed, this has been happening really since the cross. There have been dreams, visions, all these things happening. Now, I wouldn't doubt that you're going to see it increase in the latter days as we get closer to this thing finally coming to a close. It's going to increase, if you will. But that's been going on. So when you say, is it playing out in, in all, um, um, you know, it's been playing out for 2000 years. OK, the, the dreams, visions and all that. So that's that first subject. Yes, we have all those things happening. That's been playing out. And and there are legitimate prophecies. There are legitimate um, gifts of the Spirit that happen today going on. As far as someone being validated as a prophet like Jeremiah uh, Johnson or other people that say they're getting prophecies from God, the way it says, Alan, in Scripture that we're to identify them is in Deuteronomy chapter 18. I'm going to read that, Greg. I think it's important for our listeners. A lot of our listeners have probably heard this. But I think it's important to go ahead and let them hear that again. Um, in Deuteronomy 18, it speaks about uh, somebody, prophets. And this is what's interesting to me. Well, let me just read it, and then we'll talk about how, how, how interesting this is. He says this, And the Lord said to me, What have you spoke, What you've spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. Now, this is speaking directly here of Jesus Christ. Uh, in this passage, we don't have time to go into great depth on that. You'll have to trust me on that. But this is speaking of Jesus Christ, referred to as the prophet that would come after Moses that would speak to the people. Now he goes and further expands uh, prophets. And it says in verse 19, and it shall be that whoever will not hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. So listen to Jesus or you're going to be in trouble. But, and this is really where it starts, 20, not 19. But. The prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I've not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? First of all, why would God be so firm about a false prophecy? Because if you're saying I'm speaking for God, that's pretty heavy. That is heavy. You better be speaking for God because God doesn't play with that. So he says, if people do that, they're to, be put, they're to be put to death if they're not really speaking for me. So here's how you know. How shall we know if the, Lord, the word spoken is from the Lord? Here's the answer. 22, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Now, anybody can make pretty good guesses. Well, it's a 50-50 shot at the presidency. It's a coin flip. It is. You can yeah. make pretty good guesses. And you got 50-50 saying that or whatever. But if somebody says emphatically, God showed me this and it doesn't come to pass, the Bible says that person is a false prophet. Um, so the way you know, Alan, is, is you hear the prophecy you hold on to it. The Bible says not dis don't despise it. Hold on to it. Let it sit there. If it comes to pass, then I would wait for more than one. I would see if this person really is, you know, you say, anybody can have a lucky guess. Like I said, 50-50, they may get it. 
But if over the years, they're saying God showed them something and every single thing, it's got to be 100%. Notice that about Deuteronomy 18. Yeah. It can't be 70%, 90%, even 99.9%. Nostradamus and Vegas were 70%. Right? That's right. That's right. And, and, and God says, if I say it, it never misses. There's not a point something off. It is 100%. So if someone says they're speaking for God, um, it's one thing to say, I think maybe this will happen. That's fine. But when you say God said this, it has to be, according to Deuteronomy 18, 100% correct. So if anyone, and you watch them, if they make these predictions and they all come to pass 100%, you may have somebody who's truly a strong gift of prophecy and God's using them, and you listen to them. If they miss, the Bible says they're discredited. Again, not because they're speaking what they believe will happen, but when they say, thus saith the Lord. Now, when it comes to this Jeremiah Johnson, I'm not real familiar with him, quite honestly. And I did reach out to Alan. So, Alan, if you're listening, I did reply to your email asking you to provide information about Jeremiah. But unfortunately, I didn't hear back from Alan in time for the show. Doesn't mean that he won't yeah. reply. And you can find things online. I looked yeah, it up. I that's just, fine. Yeah. I just wanted to hear what from the sources he was getting. At. Right, right. Yeah. So what I would say, again, we don't know for sure, and we'll get into the election here in just a moment. We don't know for sure what's going to be the final outcome of the election. But as of today, it looks like. Uh, Joe Biden has won the election, and I think even this evening they'll be pronouncing him maybe sometime today and this evening him as the president of the United States. I know there's still legal battles to go on, and that may change. He may not stay there. It could it could reverse, and, and as we'll get into a little bit later, there definitely should be some recounts and relooked at, not because of opinions, but because of a lot of, I think, pretty um, suspicious for fraud activity that I think has to be validated. But either way, um, if Joe Biden does become president and it remains then that reveals that jeremiah johnson's a false prophet it's that simple it's not more complicated than that it's okay that shows this guy's not real and anyone else that came out and said the president's going to win if if they said i'm not talking about if 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 somebody gets on there and goes i really believe the president's going to win that's fine that's called an opinion but if somebody says god told me god showed me you're basically saying thus saith the lord if they're not right the bible says they're a false prophet do not fear them. Don't be afraid of them. Now, don't go and kill them, like it says in the Old Testament. That's that's the law. That's the Old Testament. We no longer kill false prophets. You leave that up to God's judgment on Judgment Day, how he'll deal with a false prophet. But at the same time, you don't have to fear that person. You don't have to listen to that person. And um, uh, they're, you know, it's, they reveal themselves as not being legitimate. So uh, I would just say that this is one good example, because I know certain people have come out on record and said, God told them. Yeah. And so we'll know that could be a revealer. And again, it, it may not be. If, this, if you still have a, a false prophet say something and it come to pass, you want to watch multiple prophecies over time. Well, and it's, this is a good opportunity, Pastor Mark, to really talk about in general for those believers that might be listening to pundits or prognosticators or prophesiers out there. Right. Whether it's about the election or whether it's about the economy, you know, Basically, to challenge yourself as a Christian, if you're looking outside of the Bible for affirmation or confirmation you know, about anything that might be anxious in your heart, you need to be looking at the Bible first. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've shared this many times before, Pastor Mark. Uh, the Secret Service knows how to find counterfeit currency, not because they study counterfeit currency. So they they find counterfeit currency because they've studied the real thing for so long. Right. So the encouragement there for you, believer, in general, is that if you've studied the Word of God so well, and especially when it comes to the things of prophecy, when you see people claiming things or declaring things or even thus saith the Lord things, you're going to know that that guy's a false prophet or... Right. Okay, maybe that's true. Like you said, don't despise prophecy, but at the same time, don't go try to cash that at the bank. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be able to hold on to what God's word says and use that as a plumb line yeah. to what any other man says. Yeah, and I want to just add to that as well. That's 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 correct. And I want to add to that and say that, you know, don't get overly excited if you hear somebody, you know, and I mentioned this already, but I want to give another example. If they say something and it comes to pass, that doesn't mean they're a real prophet. The Lord even warns, he says in his word, that if somebody says something that comes to pass, that doesn't validate them as a prophet. Good point. Uh, you have to make sure there's multiple, and all of them 100%. I remember there was a guy a couple years back, I think he's died now, He's very. he was young, I don't know what he died from, but he was a guy that was saying he was a prophet, 
Um, and he, again, and some of those people looking on the online for in the prophecy circles, he was known. I'd never heard of him. But he made some prophecies, and he listed off, and they, they wrote me, that, hey, he predicted that President Trump would win the presidency, and he did win the presidency. Of course, this was back in 2016 and all that. So I went to check him out, and yes, he did make a prophecy that President Trump would one day be president, but he also said a lot of other things that did not true, yeah. that did not come to pass. So yeah. so he made a lot of guesses. One of them came to pass, but because he wasn't 100% accurate, God's Word says he's a false prophet. And the Bible also, too, reveals other qualifications for a prophet, not just in terms of the accuracy, but he, he will be a, a, a man of God that is serving the people as in a pastor, in a pastoral sense. Yeah. He won't be looking for glory for himself. He won't be looking to exalt himself because he got those things right. Um, he'll be a servant of the people. He will de- be declaring the things of the Lord not the things of the world. So there's other requirements there in addition to what Pastor Mark shared in Deuteronomy that really kind of gives the total makeup of a biblical prophet right. that have right. to really be there for and, that in that sense. And I want to clear this up too. As far as official prophets like the office, and I want to yes. explain what that means. Yes. There aren't any office of, of prophets today. And what do I mean by that? There used to be the position among God's people of a prophet. And why did God do that? The Holy Spirit was not yet given. He didn't live inside of us. Now, he did come upon us and empower us. You look in the Old Testament, people were empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was with people in the Old Testament. He interacted, but he did not indwell believers on a permanent basis. I think there's a couple of times where he entered a prophet for a moment and then he left because he was able to because of the holy moment that prophet had and what God was doing. But he couldn't indwell people because we're unholy, we're, we're fallen. And because of that, until Jesus died on the cross, there couldn't be any permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit in an unholy vessel. So that's why it couldn't happen. So what God did, God said, well, I want someone who can speak for me to the people. Since I can't put the Holy Spirit inside of everyone who believes in me, I will give them prophets. And that's where we have the Old Testament prophets. But you get to the New Testament, and uh, we see the teaching of now we're all indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said something very interesting about John the Baptist. They were asking, who is he? How, what's the deal with John? He said, the law and the prophets were until John. And after that, you know, they're, no. So his point is, the last official biblical prophet was John the Baptist. And Jesus went so far as to say he's the greatest prophet that ever lived. Now, with that said, we still have the gift of prophecy. Okay, not office of prophet, official But some of you out there have the gift of prophecy. Um, And so when you operate in that gift of prophecy, God uses you to proclaim prophecy, whether it's just the revealing of prophecy from his word, Mm -hmm. uh, a foretelling of it, or sometimes a foretelling, F-O-R-E, foretelling of it. He still uses that where he'll say something that's going to happen in advance. So, yes, it's legitimate, but it's not like the prophets of the Old Testament. It's a gift of prophecy operating, and God still holds the same standard. If you're going to say that God said it, it's got to be 100% yeah. accurate or you're giving a false prophecy. Well, Alan, thank you so much for that question. And Alan's one of our local listeners to Signs of the Times. And now we're going to go to one of our distant listeners across the pond, as we say, and say hello to Des over there in the UK. Uh, Des has a question regarding Ezekiel 38, uh, verses 8 through 11. Uh, and it says here, After many days you will be visited, in the latter years you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had been long been desolate. Then They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. Thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, speaking of those people wishing to do Israel harm, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. And uh, Dez's question regarding that scripture verse is, do you think the peace deals that previously hostile nations are now starting to make with Israel, which we've talked a lot about on this program, yeah. is helping to set the stage for Ezekiel 38 verses 8 through 11, where Israel does not appear to be under the threat of attack? Yes, I think absolutely. I think pretty much honestly, everything does right now that is happening is setting the stage, quite honestly, when you see all these things happening. And, and uh, you know, again, 
again, what, one of the greatest uh, ways you can deceive your enemy is to pretend to be their friend. I mean, mm. You can do much more damage acting friendly with your enemy and wait till you get close enough to put the knife in the heart than you can by even, you know, uh, d- attacks from a distance. You have a yeah. much more accurate, you know, attack. Yeah. So, yes, I would say this is, and it's interesting because, again, I think to some degree, you know, I don't know that Israel ever lets their guard down completely, but you have to say, uh, you know, they don't know the Lord. And so when they see these nations making peace with them, supposedly, um, and maybe even in the, the, the minds of those who are making peace with them right now, they have a, a right mindset. Maybe they're not even thinking necessarily anything devious. It's going to turn that way. And um, I think it's a lot easier to attack someone that you think is your or that thinks you're their friend than to be an enemy because you're always watching. So, yes, it's a part of the setting of the stage. And could it be used? Very much so. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, Alan and Des, thank you so much for your questions. If you're like Des and Alan, you've got a prophecy question. Just visit the signs.org and click on questions for all the way you can sub- all the ways you can submit those questions to Pastor Mark that we will answer on our next broadcast. All right, uh, Pastor Mark, our main story this week, I guess, is the world, not just our country, but the world is waiting nervously and impatiently for the results of the U.S. election. Uh, And as you've said on many, many times, uh, Pastor Mark, we are pretty much the the linchpin um, that's uh, in the... um, uh, in the hand grenade, yeah. so to speak, that's preventing this whole thing from blowing up prophetically yeah. and racing to the end. Well, we've been the only nation and, and the only leader, really, that's slowing down the world unity movement. The whole world is ready to move forward. And if President Trump is out of the way, and he might be, uh, that means America's out of the way. And if America's out of the way, I think you're going to see a rapid run toward a one world unity and getting this thing uh, underway we may be very close to the return of the lord i think we are anyway but this may really well, at least signal close to the rapture for sure uh, yeah, yes the, the rapture exactly yes. return for his church yes return for his church um, yes. you know there's really one main line i wanted to read this the headline is what i really you okay. know wanted to pay attention to yeah. is that how the world waits nervously yeah um, because america is so pivotal in the world um, here's a one world leader this is a very explosive situation it is a situation which exerts uh, which experts rather rightly say could lead to a constitutional crisis in the U.S. That is something we must certainly worry about very much. So the world is on edge because of this and all this happened. And the reason being is, Greg, you know, it's not just the fact that the world is the leader in the middle of everything, but President um, Trump has been holding back and even ending these movements, uh, the France peace accords, um, the Iranian nuclear deal. Well, Joe Biden has already said if he wins day one he'll reinstitute the the france accords and he'll go right back into he said a deal with um iran iran as well yeah yeah so what you're seeing is these nations and also with china he's going to start immediately kind of dropping the the the, all the tariffs and stuff we put on china and he's been paid to say that yeah (laughs) sorry but either way the the point is yes it's a total reversal of where we are now the world that doesn't like america loves this and the end times antichrist agenda loves this because what president trump was doing was anti antichrist it was against what the antichrist wants to do in the last days but what joe biden has said he's going to do is pro antichrist um heading into the last days. so he is very much more um conducive to the type of leader america needs for the end times process to take place i'm not saying i rejoice in that i i, I want to see a leader that holds back this process but in reality some generation has to go through it it may end up being we're that generation to go through it uh, we've suspected for a long time that we'd be here when the lord returns that we're the generation may very well happen the process may have very well begun um i think you're going to see if if um, joe biden becomes president i think you're going to see iran start moving more aggressively against Israel. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see China moving more aggressively worldwide. As a matter of fact, China has said that if Joe Biden wins, they're going to start their attempt to take back Taiwan. There's an island off of Taiwan that they're going to take right off the bat. They say once he becomes inaugurated, they're going to come in militarily and take it. And that's going to be their beachhead to try to take over Taiwan and reclaim it for China because they know that they said they know Joe Biden won't do anything. Uh, Iran is going to be much more emboldened to go against Israel because they know that Joe Biden won't do anything. And um, and so you're going to see, you know, the Bible talks about in the last days, Greg, wars and rumors of wars. Yeah. If he gets in office, this may be an escalation of wars and rumors of wars. Since President Trump has been in office, there's not been one war. 
and that America has been involved in. We, you know, we, 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 it wasn't a war. We killed ISIS, but that wasn't a war. That was an extermination of terrorists, of terrorists, terrorist people. It wasn't a nation against a nation. So the war thing kind of stopped when President Trump came in, which kind of surprised me. I kind of expected he would be more of an aggressive kind of almost war type guy, but he turned out to be more of a peace type guy and not a war type guy. But Joe Biden, I think, is not necessarily war oriented. He's probably also doesn't want war. But I think his weakness is going to be so evident to the other nations because of his record that I think you're going to see aggression. I think you're going to see China very possibly start moving on Taiwan. Keep your eyes open for that. That's wars, rumors of wars. They've already said they're going to. So there's rumors of wars. They may do it. Um, you've already got rumors now of Iran talking about you know uh, the rumors out there. Iran hadn't come out and said anything. But they've already been saying we're going to destroy Israel. But there's rumors now by other leaders in the Middle East saying Iran will make a move against Israel. That could be interesting because it could be the move linked up with, with Ezekiel. The, it could be. We'll have to wait and see. Um, and then, as I said, um, uh, you've also got some other things. Again, this could be very, very volatile uh, depending on what goes on. Now, also another statement. I think you're going to see, if Joe Biden gets in, a persecution increasing on the church. I think we saw an uptick in the persecution by a spiritual attack when COVID kicked in. Uh, because you saw the church being singled out as kind of a troublemaker. They want to gather. They want to sing. They want to do this. Um, but, again, you saw God holding that back, and really through our current president holding that back. For the most part, but still there were, I mean, especially yeah. in state-related, state, state related, especially oh, yeah. like in California. Well, I mean, threats of fines and jail there. What if we hadn't had President Trump is well, my yeah, point. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It would so, have been worse. Yeah, it's yeah. been held back, but it's still bad. Gotcha. What happens when he's gone? Uh, in addition to that, he said, uh, Joe Biden has already said in his first hundred days, he's going to try to push through the Equality Act, which means churches by law have to do homosexual marriages and all these other things. So we can't do that. If any church that's going to follow the Lord can't do that. So if that really gets pushed through, now there's great persecution coming on Calvary Chapel, Knoxville, coming on all the churches that make a stand for God's word and said, we can't do that. Will the government shut us down? Will we be fine? We don't know yet, but I'm saying I want everybody, I'm not trying to, I don't want to paint this picture of doom and gloom out there because I'm actually very, I have great peace and I want to speak about that uh, as well today, the peace I have from God. But I think we're going to see the possible increase of wars and rumors of wars. If if Joe Biden gets in, they're going to see a a persecution increase on the church, but we're also going to see God be faithful in both. Well, let's go to Ephesians chapter six, Pastor Mark, so we can kind of get a, a, a 30,000 foot view because uh, I think this last week or so, last month or so, really the last year, <laughs> we have been deep in the weeds of, of our flesh in horizontal uh, activity. Yeah. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 6, uh, I think maybe starts in 10 through 12, something like that, really kind of gives us a picture to get our eyes off of the players, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And, and we don't direct our animosity or anger or our fear any of those things toward a person yeah but take those things captive those thoughts captive to jesus keeping in mind the truths of ephesians this is a spiritual battle again that's a great scripture to bring up greg stand therefore having girded your waist with truth putting on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So the bottom line is, it is a spiritual battle. We need to stay armored up. And I have great peace, regardless of what happens. And I hope you do out there listening. You need to pray for God to give you peace. Here's the bottom line. We win in the end. There are injustices right now, and there's some things that look like fraud has taken place even in this recent election. There's some things I'm sure will be taken to court. But remember this. We will not get full justice. No one will on either side or in anyone's life until the Lord comes back. We have to be patient. God will bring justice. He'll bring all things to light. He'll make all things that are wrong right. And we know that the Lord's in control. Remember, God is sovereign. When I see the effort the church put into praying and crying out to God for this Mm, election, when I see the effort our president put in and getting out the vote and all the things he was doing, when I see all that happened and him still lose, if indeed he does, I have to believe in the sovereignty of God and we have to trust God. Doesn't mean there's injustices that don't need to be dealt with, maybe even legally here in America. But as Christians... It's time to trust the sovereignty of God. Absolutely. Okay, well, the United Nations is always a friend to Israel, tongue-in-cheek, and we'll talk about the latest things that they're doing to come against God's uh, land when Signs of the Times continues right after this. 
WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. Are you a business owner? Have you ever thought of your business as a way to change lives? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley. This is my Money Life from Crown. In an excerpt from a live seminar, Crown's founder, Larry Burkett, describes how the life and future of one young man was completely redirected. This friend of mine started a hiring ministry in his organization, and he picked up young people who were unemployed and unemployable, didn't know how to do anything, and decided he was going to minister to them. And he didn't hire them at minimum wage, by the way. He hired them at significantly above minimum wage. And one of the kids, one of the first kids he hired, didn't know how to work, had never worked a day in his life. For the first two or three days, he showed up. Then after a while, he get, kept getting later and later and later, and finally he would just kind of show up at you know irrelevant hours to work. And this guy had his foreman check out the kid. By the way, the kid really wanted to work, just didn't know how. And so this foreman went by this kid's house every morning and dragged him out of bed. And it was tough to get him out of bed sometimes. His mother said, I'll help. What can I do? She said, he said, you put me a pitcher of water in the refrigerator every night. I'll get him up. And he did. <laughs> the first half of the day, he had him doing menial things, cleaning, you know, scrubbing the floors. But the second half of the day, he put him on on-the-job on training. He trained him to be a skilled employee. Within a year, he said, he was earning the wage that he was paying him. And before 16 or 17 months, he was earning more than he was paying him. 17 men he's cycled through his business, trained to be employees, and put them out in society, and they're earning a living. 17 people who would otherwise not be able to earn a living. If you know how to earn a living, but need help managing it, we're here to help you. Just call the Crown Helpline at 800-722-1976 or go online to crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. The millisecond you were born again, you were in the full-time ministry. It doesn't matter who pays your salary, where you're working right now, how your money gets direct deposited so you can feed your family and pay the rent and take care of the bills. It doesn't matter whether you're driving a truck or you're working at Costco or, or you are at home taking care of the kids. You are, I am, in the full-time ministry. All of us everywhere. That means that where you work has been sanctified by God and that many of the people that you work with may never walk through the doors of a church. And so what does God do? He takes a church to them. That's why you work where you work. Go deeper in your love relationship with Jesus as you visit edtaylor.org. Again, we're at edtaylor.org. You've been listening to A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the Signs of the Times for Friday, November 6th, 2020. I'm Greg Hilt, your host. Pastor Mark Kirk is our resident prophetologist, one who specializes in Bible prophecy. We just made that up, but we don't make up God's Word and we don't make up the world's news because it's, quite honestly, we just can't make this stuff up. As we see it unfolding, it really just does confirm God's prophetic word is true and that we are living in the latter days, as Pastor Mark shared with us in the first half of our program. Why can't we be friends, Israel? It's the question we always ask. This is from jpost.com, dated November 5th. The United Nations speaks of the Temple Mount as a solely Muslim site, ignoring the Jewish ties. Yeah, this really isn't anything new, but it just shows you that this whole mood... They continue to beat the drum. Absolutely. Unlike this chamber, which is detached from reality, a growing number of nations are acknowledging Jerusalem, said Gilan Erdogan. Some 138 United Nations countries approved a draft resolution that spoke of the Temple Mount solely as an Islamic holy site by referencing it only by its Muslim name, Al-Haram Al-Sharif. It was one of seven pro-Palestinian anti-Israel resolutions that the U.N. General Assembly's Fourth Committee in New York passed on Wednesday. Look at this. They're just constantly attacking Israel and, 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 and again, lifting up the Palestinians. 
The resolution was titled, Israeli Practices Affecting the Human Rights of the Palestinian People in the Occupied Palestinian Territory, Including East Jerusalem. The text did affirm the connection between Jerusalem and three monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. Still, the reference in the text of the Temple Mount, the location of the ancient Jewish temple and the most holy site in Judaism solely by its Muslim name is viewed as an attempt by U.N. member states to delegitimize and erase the well-known history. Israel's ambassador, uh, Gilan Erdogan, to the U.N. called the passage a disgrace. He added, no resolution passed here will change the eternal connection between the Jewish people and the holiest site of our faith, the Temple Mount. Nine countries, including Israel, voted against the resolution, that list them, of course, the United States being one of them. But again, this just shows you, again, where we are. Now, here's what's interesting. We still see the U.N., Greg, against Israel, against them having any rights to the Temple Mount. But this is going to change. Something's going to happen by this world leader, the Antichrist, where they're going to approve Israel being up there on the Temple Mount. Now, probably not by choice. It'll be by force, maybe war. Ezekiel 38, taking out a lot of the radical Muslims when they move on Israel. And then the hero stepping on the scene, riding it on the white horse, the Antichrist, so to speak, probably dividing up the Temple Mount. But yeah, you're going to see this continued opposition and just, it's a direct denial of the evidence and truth. And the enemy's a master at that. It's going to change, though. Well, you know what's interesting, Pastor Mark, is that God was faithful, and, and it's really interesting, too, because if you really don't study uh, the geography and geology of Israel, and I didn't really understand this until we took our, our trip to Israel yeah. uh, when I went, is that over time, there is like, I don't know how you, like like over time, you know how sediment can 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 build up and yeah. things can get buried. Right. Well, that's essentially what's happened in Jerusalem, is that where things were in Jesus's day is below where you see things today physically. Right, they built on, they kept building they, they, on they top kept, is what kept, happened. Exactly, yes. they kept building on top. Yes. So over the years, and really since the, 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 the 40s, and on when Israel could really get in there and do their archaeological work, they have uncovered countless, I can't even tell you how many artifacts and things oh, yeah. that prove undeniably, unequivocally, that they were already in the land. Oh, we I found mean, Hezekiah's ring. I'm yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just, the, yeah. the, the, the list literally goes on. We could do multiple shows yeah. just on the archaeology uh, that's happened there, the yeah. finds. Anyway, so, but even then, what we're, what we're seeing in today's climate, Pastor Mark, even with that proof, yeah. they are still going to shake their fists yeah. and scream denial. Yeah, again, remember, those that oppose God, and this is really what it boils down to, yes. those that oppose God, they're not going to give in. They'll make up lies. They'll they'll do whatever. God has to force them to. Again, we, we've talked about it. Some, you can't reason with certain people. No. Uh, they have to be defeated. And so God had to defeat, for example, Satan and the demonogram. They had to be defeated. He couldn't sit down and reason with them. They were defeated. They were cast out of heaven, and they'll never get to be there. Other people, like us, mankind, he can reason with us. Come, let us reason together. We may yes. get saved. Yeah. And then there's mankind that you can't reason with. So, uh, it Again, the Antichrist will be able to do some amazing reasoning when he shows up. He's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think also it probably will follow on the heels of that battle. I really do. And we'll have to I wait and too. see. But yeah. that's just kind of kind of like, you know, when something major happens in your life, it's almost like, you know, you you, 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 you want to ride your skateboard every day when you're a kid. You'll, you want to go down this dangerous hill. I can think of some really hills we rode that were nuts. And you're just gung-ho until that first wreck. Right. And when you tumble and smash and beat your head and your body, you get up and you cut everywhere, you may still get back on that skateboard, but you're not going to go down that hill again without putting some padding on. Yeah. It's amazing. When something traumatic happens, your attitude changes. And I think Ezekiel 38 and 39 is not only going to be traumatic for the Muslim community in that region, I think it's going to affect the entire world because the, the, the how large this event's going to be. And when that takes place, the world's going to say, you know what? Look, we've got to do something about this. We have to change it. And I think that's when it's very likely could happen. Yeah, and, and he would be the guy that shows up on the scene with all of the answers. We know that the results of Ezekiel and the way the Ezekiel is going to play out prophetically in Scripture tells us that it's done in such a way that God will get the glory, that God will get recognized that's by right. Israel. Yeah. That's why no man it will come to Israel's defense because of that fact that God will get the glory. So there's a reason for it. It's not that we don't wish to 
come and help. Right. And then he'll come on the scene. But, you know, one thing we didn't talk about uh, really specifically that we could have talked about in the first half when we talked about what would be the results globally um, of a Biden election, and that is the prophetic uh, really focused in on a one world government that yeah. would be comprised of 10 regions yeah. or the 10 toes yeah. of, of Daniel. And, and prophetically, the government has to the one world government has to be there before the antichrist is revealed that's because right. of how it says he's going to rise to the scene and what's going to happen once he rises that's right it says that the, there'll be a there'll be a 10 nation or 10 region conglomerate i, put, I break it up in nation or region because we have to wait and see and then it says that this little horn describes the antichrist a horn in scripture is a symbol of power and strength and you see all these like you know the horns of the altar and the horn this so it says a little horn will rise up in those 10 he'll yank three of them out and he'll become the prominent horn. He'll be the one ruling. So you're going to see this 10-nation conglomerate. You're going to see the Antichrist rise up quickly, pull three nations down. I don't know why, who it's going to be, or what. And then he's going to say, now, because they, they probably will be opposing him. He'll yeah. yank them out yeah. of the way with the authority given him by Satan. And then he will rule, and at that point, he'll be taken over. So we do have to have a world unity and a 10 conglomerate something uh, for the Antichrist to be able to do that. And that would never have happened with President Trump. It just would have never happened. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a unity by force, too. It's not a unity of everyone singing kumbaya. Because, right. because the depiction of these 10 toes is clay wrapped around iron. So there's a form there, but there's not really an adhesion yeah. there. Yeah, that's right. So That's anyway. right. And so, so be, again, you're... We're, again, we're watching it formulate, and uh, this whole political scenario is as unjust as uh, as it really is from what it appears to be happening in many ways. Um, it may be just God's divine timing and God's way of getting this ball rolling. Yeah. All right, let's go to the church where we see uh, another prophetic event really unfolding, uh, and we have over probably the last 10 or 20 years. Uh, slowly, slowly, but definitely uh, increasing rapidly, and that is the falling away of the church. And statistically, uh, it's kind of bearing itself out here. This is from ChristianNews.net. Um, this is the 2020 State of the Bible report, and the title of this article says that this report finds few Americans read the Bible daily, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. It really is. The church is in a dire strait, Greg, overall. I know there are many churches teaching the Word of God, but many do not, and I think the evidence of what we see in our society today within the church and the beliefs in the church prove that out to be true. And so um, shame on us as pastors for not teaching line by line, verse by verse, going through the Bible with our people so they know the Word of God. But this is what it says. The American Bible Society has released its 10th annual State of the Bible Report, which analyzes the Bible reading practices of Americans and their views about Scripture. This year's survey found, here's the thing in the whole article that really is the main point. This year's survey found only 9% of respondents read their Bible on a daily basis. Wow. The lowest figure in the decade uh, in, that the research had been conducted. Now, I'm going to read a little bit more, but let me just let me just say law that for a moment. Let's meditate on that, because mm, the bottom like that. the bottom line is, as you're looking at this is among Christians, those who say they know the Lord, nine percent. That means less than nine out of ten are reading their Bibles daily. And how in the world are we supposed to know what the Lord wants us to do daily if we're not going daily to the Lord to find out what he wants us to do? It would be like if you if you worked for your boss or if you were in the military and you didn't go to your commander. What do I do today? You know, I mean, you, you, you need your daily commands. Let's make this more personal. Sure. Let's say you're married. Okay. And 9% of married couples responded that they don't talk to their spouses every day. Amazing. That really breaks. The, that makes the point. What kind of relationship would you expect with your wife if you only spoke with her nine percent of your relationship? Which really what it boils down to, I guess. I don't know if it's that simple statistically or not, but um, you wouldn't have much of a relationship at all. Um, and so the sad thing is, this is where much of the church is, Greg. This is why. And there's a whole other segment we can do on a different day. The church is really, really adopting false teaching in many areas right now there's a whole new believe it or not it there's a progressive christianity movement that's growing in popularity among the next generation and when i say progressive i'm talking politically yeah i mean i'm talking liberal i'm talking yeah. love the earth yep, exactly. i'm talking new age i'm talking uh, yep. spiritism is not biblical at all and it's because 
The word is not being taught and people aren't in the word. Well, Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. And statistically, we're seeing that. But now we can see how other, let's think about this for a minute, Pastor Mark. We can see how other prophetic events become affected or become, you know, enabled or furthered along because the church isn't functioning as God designed her That's right. to function. Oh, yeah, it, it, it starts, it's a domino effect, as they say. It really is. Yep. I mean, if we're not teaching the proper roles, for example, of a, of, a, of, a, of the God's creation, a man and a woman, then the society then begins to go and think, okay, it can be a man and a man. It can be a woman and a woman. So there starts being gender confusion. That's a common terminology today. There's gender confusion. If the church was teaching the Bible, there wouldn't be gender confusion. It would just be a matter of a, either believe it or not believe it. But I think the majority of people, well, in the past would have. I don't know about today, but you're right. It's this domino effect if you don't teach it. Now, there's a couple of other things I want to point out here. Um, he says the church must transition from survival mode back to a discipleship mode. He said we're just trying to survive was his point. Rather than making disciples, we're just trying to uh, try to keep the church open, you know, so to speak. And we do have to make disciples. But the way you make disciples is teach them the word of God. That's how you make disciples. Um it said the participants were asked if they agreed with this statement. The Bible contains everything a person needs for life, which is a true statement. It does. 30, 37% agreed strongly. 31 somewhat. 32 disagreed with the statement. So almost as many people disagreed that the Bible doesn't have everything we need as, as, as they did. I heard um, Damian Cowell sharing on one of his radio broadcasts recently. He said somebody sat down with him and he was giving him counsel. And, and he's one of our pastors on WIM. And they asked him, they said, so what do I do in my situation? He said he began to read the scripture to them. And he said the lady leaned forward and said, that's the Bible. This is real life. Wow. And he was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What are you here for? There, there, is, no, there is no more real life wow. than the Bible. So people oftentimes don't see the Bible as the, tr- as the true authority, as the word of God. It's being questioned, and, and sadly, many people, the majority of Christians today, Greg, according to statistics, believe in evolution. Now, think about that. Evolution, the Bible completely refutes it. The Bible says it is a man-made, it's made up, it's a lie. And and the science does not back evolution. We used to think it did, and they told us it did. Now science has advanced so much, we know it doesn't back it up. But what's interesting, even though now the science has caught up with the Bible, and now we know that it doesn't back evolution, many believers, I don't know if it's because they're afraid they'll look silly, if they're afraid they'll get mocked, if they're afraid they won't fit in, or if they just really believe the propaganda they've been told, that somehow evolution is true. Now, that is a direct result of not believing the Bible. Because the Bible clearly says the earth was created in six days. And if, if you try to allegorize it, then you've got to allegorize the entire Bible and you lose its entire meaning. There's only one way the Bible can be understood, and that is in a literal way. And that is, I mean, yes, there's symbols, there's images, there's visions. But behind each of those, there's a literal meaning. For example, Jesus said, I'm the door. He's not a piece of wood. We get that. But he is the doorway into heaven. So there's a literal meaning behind all of Scripture. And when he says he created it in six days, rested the seventh, he's, it's a literal six days in the language. It's mm-hmm. not allegorical. It's not overtime. And yet because we don't believe the Bible and because the Bible's not being taught, look at the mess we have in the world today. We don't believe God. Well, you don't believe God. It's, he designed us. He knows what's going to work. And it's a huge mess. Now, when asked how often the participant personally read the Bible on their own, that is, when not attending church service, again, only 9% said they did, uh, lowest figure in 10 years. This is something where, again, I think it's important that we, uh, as pastors, read the Word of God to our people. But I want to say this as a sheep as well, and to those listening maybe that aren't a pastor, which is most of us, um, you need to be reading your Bible. You've got to be reading your Bible. It's only what you take in. What you eat is what you're going to grow from. And if you make the analogy of a marriage, let's make the analogy of a meal. What if you only ate 9% of what you normally ate every day? I mean, some of you might be saying, great, I lose weight. Yeah, but at some point you go the other way and start dying. So um, we, we're very faithful to feed our flesh. We need to be just as faithful to feed our spirit or we're going to die. And that's what's happening to the church. Wow. Amazing. All right, some technology news. This is from Futurity.org. Dated, uh, this is back in June. But it's worth talking about today because, past Mark, you've seen other articles related to this. So we'll just use this as your launch pad. I like here. that. F- futurity. I like that. Yeah. As a website. It's just, the future. Futurity. Yeah. Or, or futility of the future. There you go. Yes. Uh, or futility to fight the future. How about yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, tiny brain stem 
or it should be maybe stem implant, doesn't need batteries or wires. Amazing. This really is a, a major step in getting toward the mark of the beast. You know, the Bible talks about the mark of the beast where the Antichrist will make everyone take a mark uh, on their on their hand or their forehead. That is, after the rapture takes place, that'll be forced. We already see that technology moving that direction right now in that we have everybody saying we need to, you know, for COVID, we got to be able to trace people and do this trace technology and all that. This is working toward that, guys. I don't want to, I don't want you to get, don't go to sleep on this. We hear it so much, it's becoming normal. But remember, just a few years back, this was like, oh, come on, you Christian. Nobody's going to have a mark that, well, it's happening. You're living in the days. It's happening. That's why I believe we're living in the days of the return of Christ. The neural stimulator draws its power from magnetic energy, the article says. And it's about the size of a grain of rice. They always go back to the size of a grain of rice. Again, like a, just a, <laughs> yes. a chip, a chip. Yeah. It is, but I always is this um, is this like like white rice, brown rice, fried rice? I don't know what size. Doesn't matter either way. It's fried rice after it gets in you. Yeah, yeah, but fried rice. Yeah, you could be right. But either way, it's the first magnetically powered neural stimulator that produces the same kind of high frequency signals as clinically approved battery powered implants that are used to treat epilepsy, Parkinson's, chronic pain, and other conditions. The implant's key ingredient is a thin film of magno, I'm sorry, mag, magnetoelectric, mag, magnetoelectric, magnetoelectric, there you go, magnetoelectric, as I said, material that converts magnetic energy directly into an electrical voltage. The method avoids the drawbacks of radio waves, ultrasound, light, even magnetic coils, all of which have been proposed for powering tiny wireless implants and have been shown to suffer from interference with living tissue or produce harmful amounts of heat. So this is like you're going, you're live streaming now, literally. I mean, you're going, you're going wireless and, and yet you got the chip. This is amazing, Greg. It is all in place, ready to be put on people and to, 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 to control their lives, basically. Well, what we forget about is that, you know, when we look at the composite of our body makeup, you know, I mean, first of all, Genesis is true. We came from the ground. That's you know, right. We, That's right. Because, because all the elements in our body can be found in the earth. That's right. Okay. That's there's right. nothing foreign there that doesn't exist. But there's another component in our bodies that we don't really realize that's in there. And that is electricity. Yeah. We have electricity in our bodies. Electricity is part of our neural Makeup, yeah. how we function. So it makes the brain fire. Exactly. It says the signals. Exactly. And, oh, yeah. So basically what they've done now is they've developed technology that taps into the body's power plant, so to speak, yeah. and can be powered yeah. from the body's own electricity to just to continue to run until your body doesn't run anymore. Now, where do we plug in? Well, that's the, yeah. That's the thing. Where do we plug in? We need the power stations. We got to plug in. It's the Bible. We need, there you go. That's you plug in the Bible, the word of God, and you have your, you have your, we're powered by the sun. Yes. You know, we have our, we have our solar panel. Here comes, here comes the cheesy dad joke analogies. We have our S-O-U-L-E-R panel, our solar panel panel. from the sun. Oh my. Oh, this is a dad joke. Listen, welcome to dad day. I'm sorry for all of you that had to live through that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I apologize (laughs) profusely. Anyway, <laughs> but that is it. But that. But you're right. This is a huge mile marker in terms of uh, marching towards that prophecy milestone yeah. of the mark of the beast being able to be implemented. Yeah. Um, I won't be surprised to see derivatives of this come about through COVID-19 tracing. You know, Greg, I was about to say the same thing. Look, if Joe Biden does become president, he's already talked about locking the country down nationwide making mask mask mandate nationwide and locking the nation down again nationwide. Now, if he does that, how wonderful it would be to say, but we can set everyone free, no masks, <laughs> no lockdown, if those of you agree to get this mark, if you'll do that so we can trace you, and that way you can prove somebody comes up to you, you'll show them, scan my hand, I don't need a mask today, I'm immune, I'm whatever. People are going to be so frustrated with having to wear a mask all the time. They're going to be so frustrated by being locked down all the time. Okay, what, what, how do I get this? Give me a chip, and I'll have a sandwich with it. A, a sandwich and a bag of chips. I, just get me out of here. Give me a Coke. I want to, I want to live life, so to speak. And, you know, the, I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me to hear, again, you want to take this flight? You need to be able to uh, have this chip that shows that you did it. Now, whether it be literally on the people yet or whether it will start out as something on the iPhone, probably where it will start my guess would be the phone will be where this scannable technology will begin, and then that pesky phone won't be with you all the time, 
and they, look, we're forgetting our phones. Everybody, have, if you want to take the chip, go ahead. Some people start taking it, and then everybody will. Now, is that the mark of the beast? No. I do not believe so. Right. I'd say no. It is the lead up to the mark of the beast. Why? The mark of the beast will be implemented by the Antichrist. And that'll be something permanent put in you, in your head, head or your forehead. Whereas this other will just be something that is temporary, but it was still it was still something I wouldn't want to do. Well, I, I guess up until that point, there's going to be fighting or options there because when the Antichrist issues that mark, um, he says both uh, uh, small and great, rich and poor, basically no, no one of your uh, – regardless of your social status, you are, you're going to take the mark or well, you're going to lose your head. It'll be by force. It'll you be know, by force, We talked about yes. the, the little horn rising yes. up and yanking yeah. through down. Yes. When that kind of power is exerted, it, you'll be yanked down as well exactly. if you don't take the mark. Absolutely. Well, let's end this program with some good news. We need it. Yes, we do. ChristianHeadlines.com reporting a new start for 17 inmates in a Mississippi jail. Why? Because they all got baptized. Yeah, this is so exciting to me. First of all, this sheriff obviously knows the Lord. They're letting all these things go on there in the the jail and people getting saved and baptized. How exciting is this? Uh, It says this, we hope this is a new start that will change the lives of these and many more. A Facebook from the office said, that is from this, uh, from these, the sheriff, hundreds of well-wishers congratulated the inmates on their decision. Um, and it's a, a quote, it's a wonderful that you all have chosen a new way. Our Lord Jesus Christ will always be there to comfort and take care of you. However, when he answers your prayers, it may not always be what you had in mind, but trust in him that he's the only way. It's funny they threw that in. That would be an inmate thing they would throw in because probably some of them say, if God's going to answer all my prayers, Lord, get me out of prison. He said, well, no, no, he may not answer it the way you want, but he does answer your prayers and love you. And there's consequences that you may still have to finish up. I think it's the idea. God moves no matter the location or situation, said another. Several family members and friends celebrated inmates by name. Meanwhile, on the other side of the country, former inmate Alfio made an 11-foot cross that the Hollywood Impact Studios prison ministry, Hollywood Impact Studios prison ministry, that's cool, can use to further their evangelism in Los Angeles in the prison system. Alfio, who was arrested more than 50 times, said he realized that he needed to pick sides, and I picked Jesus. He said, follow me, and it'll be better than you think the Lord did. And he released two. He was released two years earlier from his 11-year sentence. Anyway, just a great feel-good story here about yeah. watching God work, you know, and, and reaching everybody no matter where they are or what they've done. And I want to encourage our listeners today as we finish. Here's the good news. No matter how you're feeling about the elections and what kind of stress or things you're under right now, know this, that God loves you, and there will be justice one day, and things will be made right one day, and you're going to rule and reign with Christ one day if you give your life to him. If you don't, you'll never have justice. And not only will you never get justice, you yourself will be left out of the promises of God. And so if you don't know the Lord and you're listening in, we invite you into the kingdom today. It's very simple. The Bible says Jesus died on the cross for your sins, spilled his blood to pay for your sins, because the Bible says only blood will take sins away. And if you will just do this, confess to God you're a sinner, tell him you believe that his blood washes your sins away. Ask him to be your Lord and your Savior and Savior and give your life to him. Mean it from your heart. And the Bible says you will be born again. And I just would encourage you to do that today if you've not given your life to the Lord. Secondly, I would encourage those of you that are believers be praying for our nation, praying for our government. Pray that this election result comes out the way that God wants. God's will be done. And for God to have mercy on our nation. I think we're headed for rough days ahead and uh, we need a lot of prayer. Yeah. And really, regardless of, of who gets into office, Pastor Mark, I think there's rough days ahead. Yeah, I do too. Uh, when you when you see last what the days. last four years have been like. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about this on the show before. You know, sometimes God calms the storm yeah. and sometimes God calms the child. Yeah. And, and, and God's sovereign and he's going to take care of his kids. Yeah. Um, it might not play out maybe the way that you thought. His ways are not our ways. His ways are beyond finding out. Yeah. But we just need to trust and we need to rest in him. We do. We, we're really in that situation where Moses was leading the Israelites between the Red Sea and the mountains. That's right. And, uh, and here comes the, the, the invading army. And what are we going to do? We're going to stand back and watch the salvation of our Lord. Stand still as well yes. as as well as well be still and know that I'm God. Amen. Amen. All right. Anything that you want to know about our program can be found at thesigns.org where you can listen to previous episodes of our uh, broadcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on a variety of 
uh, uh, podcast players. You can read the articles that we discuss. We always post those with every show. And you can always ask Pastor Mark your prophecy questions right there at thesigns.org. Have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll be back next Friday at 1.30.